Hi, this is Chris McGregor. The work of Discerning Hearts really could not continue without your prayers and support. Between now and December 31st, please consider making a year-end tax-deductible gift to Discerning Hearts. We are a 501c3 not-for-profit organization. Your donation is fully tax-deductible to the extent permitted by law. Click the Donate button on DiscerningHearts.com or inside the Discerning Hearts free app. Your generous support will allow us to continue producing the type of spiritual formation programming you have come to expect from us, like those from Archbishop George Lucas, Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Monsignor John Essef, and so many more. Please prayerfully consider supporting our mission, which is dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. Thank you, and God bless from all of us at Discerning Hearts. Today, we've had a long Advent journey. And we're now at Christmas Eve. You know, when we look back in the beginning of Advent, it, was begin- it began with doom. Uh, the world was doomed to sin under the power of Satan, and we we're all going to die. And the children of Adam and Eve were, were cheered by a promise, God's promise, I will save you. Mankind wasn't able to change their sickness and their disease and the pus of their brokenness just continued with them. And so we saw that journey, but the love and the tenderness of God. If we went every day, and if you came on this journey, you saw how all of humankind was under this this, uh, curse of, of sin, of our our first parents and how they had doomed us. We try to share it as something like of a journey of maybe over a hundred thousand years. And you have made this journey with us. And then the spots where God intervened and saved a family, Noah and his family, by the flood. And he kept mankind alive. And he continued, I will save you. And then how we journeyed with the family of, of Abraham, I will send one through him. One will come into the world. And then the children of Jacob, the 12 tribes, how they were then in exile and in bondage and slavery in Egypt. And we how God brought them through Moses out and through the desert for 40 years. The story of salvation. God is going to save us. Our Savior is going to come. And then he, through judges, and, and uh, he, they, they come through that period after Moses, and then the prophets, they come into the kings now as they come into their promised land. And God builds them a temple. They are going to be there. And the city of David, and today, in Second Kings, we have this marvelous King David, who has conquered all his enemies. Now God has established a kingdom that's of this world. But that's not what he promised. I will establish a different kind of kingdom. A reading from the second book of Samuel. When King David was settled in his palace, and the Lord had given him rest from his enemies on every side, 
he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am, living in a house of cedar, while the ark of God dwells in a tent. Nathan answered the king, Go, do whatever you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that night the Lord spoke to Nathan and said, Go tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, Should you build me a house to dwell in? It was I who took you from the pasture and from the care of the flock to be commander of my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you went, and I have destroyed all your enemies before you, and I will make you famous like the great ones of the earth. I will fix a place for my people Israel. I will plant them so that they may dwell in their place without further disturbance. Neither shall the wicked continue to afflict them as they did of old, since the time I first appointed judges over my people, Israel. I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord also reveals to you that he will establish a house for you, and when your time comes and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your heir after you, sprung from your loins, and I will make his kingdom firm. I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. Your house and your kingdom shall endure forever before me. Your throne shall stand firm forever. The Word of the Lord. And he promises it to the lineage of David. How specific God has been. And so you have followed us through this through this journey of Advent. Through this journey now, on Christmas Eve, this lineage is about to come into the world. Heralded by the last of the prophets, they've all told, he's coming, he's coming. He is here. He's at the door. And who is he? He is the son of Mary. In the final analysis, yes, he is of the lineage of David, and that king was born in Bethlehem, and that's why they went there to register. And in order to fulfill the words of all the prophets, Jesus is going to be born of Mary in Bethlehem. The story is so magnificent that God intervenes. It's not the son of Joseph of the lineage of David. He is the son of the Most High, God. Mary conceives by the power of the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, our Savior, is the Son of God and the Son of the Most Pure Virgin. Mary is the only one of all of the history of humankind, of a hundred thousand years, she's our single, solitary boast. She is without sin, unlike Eve, who fell under the power of Satan. She is unlike Eve, 
who is disobedient to God, be it done to me according to thy word. She is unlike Eve, who fell to the wiles of Satan, who was proud. Because of her humility, she could crush his head. This was the woman who is going to help us today to prepare for the birth of the Savior, Jesus Christ. The kingdom that he had come to establish is what we are going to feature in today's Christmas Eve story. The kingdom is a kingdom that will last forever. It's a kingdom of the Spirit. It's a kingdom of love. It's a kingdom of truth. And our triumph is going to be over sin and over Satan and over death. It is established by this King who is about to be born, Jesus Christ. We are celebrating his birthday. But if you have been with us in this magnificent journey that we have made this Advent, you can truly experience a mature celebration of Christmas. Children, adults, young people, married people, all of God's people. You have become a member of that kingdom because when Jesus suffered, died, and rose from the dead, he went back to heaven and sent the Holy Spirit upon the apostles who baptized. He transformed them into himself. What is the joy of Christmas? It's the joy of knowing that Jesus, who was conceived and born through Mary, is now conceived and in you and me. The kingdom of God that he has come to bring about, a kingdom that will last forever. We are members of that kingdom through our baptism, through our confirmation, through the Eucharist that we receive, through the grace of God, we have been united with him who is our head. We are his body, the church, filled and magnificently one with him so that you and I can truly sing joy to the world, the Lord has come. Sin no longer can conquer us. We have a power over sin. Not that it's an excuse, but it's an awareness. And so today, if you are a sinner, I am, we are, we have freedom through, in, and with Jesus Christ. Only he can triumph over sin. When I, as a sinner, am repentant and want to live in union with Jesus Christ, he alone can save me. And every one of us, no matter what our sin is, no matter what tonight, as we have Christmas Eve in our hearts, we have a power within us. We have a grace. We have Jesus, who is the Savior of all of mankind. He has come into the world. You see, sickness continues. Are you in sin? Are you in sickness? Are you going through some tragedy of the loss of a loved one? Jesus is the joy of the world. Today, as we celebrate 
the gift of Jesus. He is within me. He is in me. When we pick up the papers, there's still the tragedy of war, Christmas Eve. And unfortunately, it is true all over the world. And yet the truth of what the angels sang, peace on earth to men of goodwill, peace on earth to those who will open up their hearts to Jesus and his message of peace. This is going to reign and triumph all over the world, even with war and possibility of nuclear destruction. Jesus is truly the savior of the world. He has come into the world. Have you made this Advent journey with us? Then how can you say, and how can we say, on on this Christmas Eve, joy to the world, the Lord has come. If you really have entered into this Advent season with with the history of the truth, of Jesus Christ, and you've contemplated each day, even if this is the only time you've heard this, Jesus is in you. Jesus is in me. When he was in Mary and he was born on Christmas, he became the Savior of the world. I can truly unite my life with his. I can truly allow him to take me over. Here I am, Lord, and with Mary's words, be it done to me according to your word. Tomorrow at the at the Mass, we're going to say, and the word was made flesh and dwell among us. The word of God, which existed from all eternity, is in the world today, in me through faith, through baptism, through my confirmation, through my ordination, and every word that I say, every act that I do, is him operating in the world. When you made this Advent journey with us, he is in you. You and Jesus are one. The power of Jesus to come into the world at this particular Christmas day is going to be your allowing him to take you over to become one with him. The message of this Christmas Eve is that you and I are Christ in the world today. I encourage you to spend 15 or 20 minutes hearing these words have them soak in. Take the words of Scripture. Take the words of 2 Kings. We have been going through each day the Word of God. Take the words of St. Luke's Gospel and the readings of today. Soak them. Let them live and come to life in you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Zechariah, his father, filled with the Holy Spirit, prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, for he has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, 
born of the house of his servant David. Through his prophets he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hand of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sin. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. The Gospel of the Lord. You mean, Lord, that you love me so much, no matter what I am, or what I've done, or how weak I am, or how apparently useless I might think I am. You can come into me, and I can become one with you. That's the story of Christmas. That's the story of Mary, a humble, simple young girl, a Jewish maid, about 14 or 15, that God saw pure, holy, immaculate. And into her he came. And just as truly as Jesus lived in her, Jesus lives in me. And Jesus lives in you. That's the story of Christmas. So that the power that came through her for the salvation of the whole world, when he comes into you and you allow him to penetrate your whole self, your whole being, through you now is going to come the salvation of the whole world. St. Paul said, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I live now. No, not I, but Christ lives in me. What a joyful, magnificent preparation we've had. These days, from the beginning of Advent, that story that we, we journeyed together each day, and what a difference and magnificent change it will make. We'll return to Building the Kingdom of Love with Monsignor John Essif in just a moment. This is Chris McGregor wishing all our listeners, on behalf of all associated with Discerning Hearts, a blessed and holy Advent season. We want to thank you for your prayers and support of Discerning Hearts this past year. We are 100% listener-supported, so our ministry of bringing you programs like the one you are listening to now would not be possible without your help. Discerning Hearts is an IRS 501c3 nonprofit charitable corporation. Just click the Donate button located on the DiscerningHearts.com website, or you can find it inside the Discerning Hearts free app. We would also ask you to please keep us in your prayers. We anticipate a very big year ahead of us. By doing so, you can help us to continue our ministry dedicated 
to those on the spiritual journey. Litany of Humility O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being praised, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being calumniated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being wronged, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being suspected, deliver me, Jesus. That others may be loved more than I, that others may be esteemed more than I, that in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease, that others may be chosen and I set aside, that others may be praised and I unnoticed, that others may be preferred to me in everything, that others may become holier than I, provided that I become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. Amen. We now return to Building the Kingdom of Love with Monsignor John Essex. At this eve of Christmas, principally what I'd like you to think about is what is that characteristic flaw? What is that particular tendency that's in you that you want to ask God to help you with? It lessens your beauty, your radiating light, your teaching. It lessens the power of Christ within you. Christ within you has the power to overcome. He is the only one that overcomes sin. I want to remind you of that. The Holy Spirit, whom you received on your baptism day, is within you because he is the one who can now radiate, enlighten, and show you that light in you that's going to reveal to you that particular sinfulness. Not mortal or venial but that tendency in you to not be Jesus. What is that? Is it your self-reliance? Is it your self-condemnation? Self-condemnation is not humility. Humility is that you are Jesus. And as you gaze upon your Father, he is not condemning you. Many, many of us on this Christmas Eve are looking at ourselves and condemning ourselves for maybe the sins we have. No, 
That is not humility. Humility is to see ourselves as he sees us. And what does he see in us? And see your calling is to be Christ. That's your calling. And so, do you have a tendency in you to become angry and lash out at people? Is that your brokenness? Do you have a tendency to judge others? And you're always looking for the the hair in the egg. You're always looking for the flaw in the other rather than the beauty and goodness in your neighbor. Are you judgmental? Are you envious? Are you unforgiving? Jesus in you has a tremendous power. And is there someone you now hold in your heart unforgiven on this Christmas Eve? God has called all of us wherever we may be on this Christmas Eve, to be his child. That is our calling by our baptism. We have a power in us to radiate Christ in the world tomorrow in a new way for the whole world to see and behold. Christ born anew through me and through you in the world today. You are Christ, and he is coming fully and alive in the world today. Monsignor? Yes? Imagine that retreatant of yours who is sitting wherever it is around the world right at this moment, and they have just entered into the contemplation you've asked them to do, to to sit and to identify those areas in their lives. And they identify unforgiveness, judgmentalism, um, lying, anger, whatever that it might be. Now imagine them right now. What do they do with that? They've identified it. What do they do right now? Right now, the most important one to turn to is your father. Just look at him. Don't you see forgiveness already there? When he reveals it to you, why did the Holy Spirit show it to you? Look at it. See what that is that's causing you the hemorrhaging, the tumor, the sorrow, the sub. Once you see, oh, the revelation of my sinfulness is such a, a such an awareness of the tumor that's been causing me all this pain, the hemorrhaging that has caused me so much weakness. And look at your father and thank him, first of all, that you have become aware. This moment is an aha moment. It's an awareness. This has been the source of my pain. It's an illness. It's a spiritual disease that God has revealed to me. And first of all, thank him. Thank you. I revealed it to you, the father says, and this is the truth, because I was the one who first called you 
into baptism. I am the one who wants you to be as pure as the moment I called you. I love you so much, I reveal that to you right now so that you would turn to me. What were you doing when you were baptized? To earn or merit my love? Nothing. And what do you have to do now? Just let me love you. Just be there. Let me look at you. Let me look at your beauty. You are precious to me. Can you imagine, beloved child, if you have a child, of giving up your child? I gave him up for you. So much do I love you. And I am so grateful that you have come to me now and I embrace you. I would suggest to that person to wait to experience the arms of God. Embracing that child with the love of God's love first. And then, did you notice? Did you notice in the prodigal son that he didn't even have to say he was sorry? But if you want to, that's a good thing. And then if you want to, and I really would encourage you to go to confession and receive forgiveness from the church. Moment two for those who are listening, in, in, in all reality, gosh, they, you know, Monsignor, they would love to go to confession. But in reality, they'll go to a Catholic church today and it won't be available. And it, it will be, it, I mean, even though they may have the desire for it because of the busyness of the weekend, it won't be there for them. If they, when they go to the Mass, it, at that moment when there's the act of contrition and all throughout the Mass, isn't there, to, to take that, whatever that is, and to give it at that moment as well, it, can they not? Yes. In some future time, call somebody, make an appointment with a priest, and ask him to hear your confession. One of the things I do a lot for people who are alcoholic or drug addicts or many other addictions they they do a fifth step with me, do an, uh, an inventory, which is the fourth step. And in that inventory, they come up with things that they want to confess. And that, that peace that comes from just telling one other person, and I do that. And so I, there are so many who receive such peace. Final thought, Monsignor? Yeah, I would like to just end with the psalm. And if you, if you have a chance today and you want to hear God's word, take your very favorite scripture passage and read that. The church gives us this, though, as a beautiful, beautiful refrain. I will sing forever of your love, O Lord. Through all ages, my mouth will proclaim your truth. Of this I am sure that your love lasts forever, that your truth is firmly established 
as the heavens. God bless. You've been listening to Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com, or you can find it within the free Discerning Hearts app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, which is to offer rock-solid and authentic spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com. And join us next time for Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essef.